Welcome to the Balancing Actor Podcast, where we discuss balancing a civilian life with your creative one and everything in between. I'm your host, fellow actor, and fellow human, Miranda Rodan, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Friday. It's the first Friday in February. And today's podcast is not the episode you asked for, but the episode you need. We are talking about actors and their dental health. I figured I get approached by lots of actor friends and people in general about dental questions because we know that I'm a hygienist as my side hustle job. I've been practicing for going on to 13 years, which is crazy to think that. But here we are. I've learned a lot in that time frame, and I really am passionate about educating people and educating people on a level that they can understand and just better know yourself and also better know uh, how to take care of your teeth and to do a good job being a freaking adult. Because I've encountered a lot of actors that are not taking their dental health as a priority. And let me tell you, gingivitis is not cute up close on camera. And I think it's really important for you to keep your mouth healthy in the long run. I think it's imperative that you take good care of your teeth now while you have them so you can keep them for the rest of your life because you really should be keeping your teeth for the rest of your life. It's 2023 and, you know, the thought of dentures really doesn't need to be in our future anymore because the thing I love about dentistry is that a lot of it is preventable. It's not like your medical conditions where you're predisposed genetically uh, to issues and things like that. Dental health is very much preventable, which hopefully feels encouraging that you can take some control over your dental health and your and your life. But I want today to be a overview kind of on the high level. I get really nerdy about this stuff, you guys. So I'm going to break it down to very like bite-sized, easy way of understanding the information I'm going to tell you. But I want you to walk away from this episode feeling like you know a little bit more about your dental health, you know maybe a little bit more of what to expect at your next dental appointment, or if you haven't been to the dentist in a long time, no shame. It's COVID put a lot of people on pause for their health appointments. And unfortunately, dental was at the top of the list of pushing back. This is your episode to get your butt back at the dentist. Body and your teeth will thank you for it. So If this episode sparks additional questions, hold the personalized questions, but sparks additional questions about things, please, please, please leave it in the review. Um, Try to contact me through Instagram. I'm very approachable there. You can leave it in the comment like, hey, I have a general question about this. I want to help you. I want you to better understand yourself and your dental insurance perhaps as well. Um, If you're curious about a certain procedure or don't understand it as much or just want like a hygienist take on it, please reach out. I've encountered way too many actors that just like have no idea what's going on. And I think that's unfortunate. And ultimately, it's just like, a lack of not knowing. And the medical field can be very, very confusing to navigate and to understand. It can feel very overwhelming, especially if you have a dentist or a provider that you do not like, as many people don't like the dentist. But I would hope that you can find one and they are out there, a provider, a hygienist, a dentist that like you absolutely adore and respect, and you can create a lifelong relationship with them. So without further ado, let's get into it. First on the list, why is going to the dentist important? I mean, it's my mouth, right? Who cares? Well, 
your mouth is connected to the rest of your body. So if you have an unhealthy mouth, you have an unhealthy body. A lot of infections happen inside the mouth, infections including cavities, which is caused by bacteria, infections including a bacteria that cause something called gum disease, also known as periodontal disease, if you were to look up that medical term, and other infections. You can have, you know, yeast infections in your mouth. You can have mouth cancer. Um, you can have HPV in your mouth. I know, not a fun thing to talk about, but the HPV thing does cause cancer. And I think it is worth mentioning just because oral cancer screenings are really important nowadays at the dental office. And if your office doesn't offer it, I would ask them. They should be checking for that. Uh, They usually check with like a physical exam where they are are, like feeling around your face inside and outside for any lumps, bumps, or pain. They are visually looking inside your mouth. Um, And then they also have special lights that actually um, highlight tissue that is abnormal. And again, prevention is key. So it's not here to scare you. It's just this is an option and this is like should be done at every preventative visit that you go to. Sometimes offices like really promote the fact that they're looking for oral cancer. Some offices don't even tell you that they're doing the exam on you because it's just part of their routine. I would go in there as an educated patient and say, are we doing an oral cancer screening today? Does everything look okay? Oral cancer can come in a lot of different forms, not just HPV, obviously the smoking or tobacco use or dip and stuff like that comes from all of those sources as well. And no person is too young to be looking for oral cancers these days, unfortunately. So you should go ahead and get checked and just make sure that you are asking um, the right provider. Your hygienist can do this check. Your doctor can do this check. So with that being said, how often should you be going to the dentist now? You should be going as a healthy patient, bare minimum, twice a year. That's once every six months. And the reason for that is, one, if you have health insurance or dental insurance, it should be covering cleanings and checkup exams twice a year. That's pretty much the standard. Two, you get a lot of buildup in between six months. So build up on your teeth. Your teeth are not clean after six months, even despite your best efforts. Like you still need a little bit of a a zhuzhing appointment. And the cleanings aren't just a cleaning. It is a preventative measure to keep your mouth in tip-top condition. So a lot of people are like, oh, it's just a cleaning. Well, it's not. Like there's a lot that actually goes into the whole process of a cleaning. There's different types of cleanings that you can get, and we'll go into that in just a second. But as a healthy patient, that means that you have no issues with gingivitis, which is inflammation of your gums. You have no issues of periodontitis, which is gum disease. Really, if you are looking good and you take good care of your teeth and you're brushing and you have good habits, twice a year, once every six months for a healthy patient. Now, if you're someone like thinking and listening right now, like, shoot, I definitely am one of those people that have put off my cleanings for the last couple of years and I haven't been to the dentist in a while because of COVID and I don't even like the dentist that much and like, who cares? And all of a sudden it's like five years later or three years later, time to go because here's why. Your normal healthy cleanings that you were once getting now can turn into unhealthy treatment option cleanings. So what that means is if you had a healthy mouth before COVID, but then weren't doing a great job, you know, during the pandemic, like brushing your teeth or taking care of everything, now you've got gingivitis, that gingivitis 
progresses into gum disease, like you can get gum disease very easily after three years if you're not taking good care of your teeth. So and gum disease is an infection that's up and underneath the gums that is attacking both the gums and the bone that is holding your teeth in place. So the bone that surrounds the roots of your teeth. And that's a problem if you don't address it. The sooner you address it, the better. So the difference between a healthy cleaning and and one that needs treatment. So if it's been a minute since you've been to the dentist or you might just be susceptible to it, it just happens sometimes, your hygienist should be taking measurements of your gums. These measurements on a healthy range should range for between one and three millimeters. They have a little probe that they go in underneath the gums and uh, measure. If you have a reading of four or more, four, five, six, seven, eight, gum disease. The higher the number, the worse it is, unfortunately. So if you're teetering between like fours are like this danger zone, like fours are typically got some gingivitis. You have bleeding gums when you're brushing or flossing. Bleeding gums equals gingivitis, okay? Pink in the sink, not normal, not normal. And a lot of people, this is super common though, so don't feel like you're the only one if you're like, oh shoot, I actually have some issues sometimes. It's okay because gingivitis can be reversed. Gum disease can't. It can only be treated so it doesn't get worse, but you're always going to have some form of gum disease once you have gum disease, okay? Once the bone that is surrounding your teeth and holding them in place is affected, it's always going to be affected. It's all, you're always kind of like susceptible. It's kind of like, and this is graphic, but if you're somebody who gets UTIs a lot, you're kind of more susceptible to getting UTIs, unfortunately. Like once you get a couple, like you're just more susceptible to getting them, like same sort of philosophy. So you just have to keep things in check and you have to just be more preventative about it. That's all. So if your hygienist is measuring your gums and you have lots of fours, fives with bleeding, even six, that means there's a lot of inflammation around your gums and a lot of bacteria that's up and underneath there that needs to be cleaned out. Now, that bacteria cannot just be like mouthwashed out or it can't necessarily be flossed out anymore. That If that bacteria has been up and underneath those gums for a while, like years, because you haven't gone to get a dental cleaning, it's now hardened onto the root surfaces and underneath your gums like barnacles are on you know, a sea rock. You really need your hygienist to go in and like scrape it off, which is why people don't like the scraping feeling of their cleanings. But that is the only way, unfortunately, to get it off. We have other instruments, these water instruments that vibrate and shoot out water. They're glorious. You're going to get an amazing cleaning. They're called ultrasonic. You're going to get an amazing cleaning. And um, they do a combination of the ultrasonic and, and the hand instruments. And I'll tell you that hygienist is going to do the best she can to make sure that you are all cleaned up and good to go. Once you remove those barnacle bacteria, your gums start to heal up after that. You'll see less bleeding, but it's going to take a tremendous amount of effort at home to get your health back in good shape. Now, if you have consistent four millimeter pockets and five millimeter pockets, you're going to need something called a deep cleaning. Other terms for it is called a scaling and root planning. Uh, we've I've heard it been called dental therapy. I've heard it been called gum therapy before. I've heard it been called a lot of different things, but really it's a deep cleaning. This deep cleaning is different than a healthy cleaning. If your gums have these deeper pockets and you have symptoms of gingivitis and bleeding and bacteria, you're going to need a deeper cleaning. 
which means you're going to need something called a scaling and root planning. It's a different type of procedure. Usually it's two visits and your mouth is divided into four quadrants. You'll do two quadrants at a time. So probably the right side, top and bottom, and then the left side, top and bottom. You can be numb for it or there's other, there's a lot of numbing agents so that you're comfortable. Believe me, the hygienist does not take pride in hurting you. They want you comfortable because it makes their job easier as well. However, insurance may only pay a portion of this. So a lot of people are like, why won't my insurance pay for this cleaning? I just want a regular cleaning. Well, you don't, you don't qualify for a regular cleaning anymore because your mouth is unhealthy. So we have to get it back to a healthy place. And by doing that is doing this deeper cleaning. Now, I've seen so many patients go through with this deeper cleaning and come out on top and their gums are in a much better shape. However, once you've had a deeper cleaning, you're always known to have gum disease or we're watching for it, like you're more susceptible to it now. So you're going to need more frequent cleanings a year. Two cleanings a year are not gonna be enough to suffice your gum health at this point. Once you've had the deep cleaning done, you should be coming back to your dental provider to see your hygienist every three or every four months. So that equates to four times a year or three times a year, depending on your health. Go by your hygienist recommendation, but you have to stay on top of these cleanings in order to not fall back into this gum disease phase. So once you have gum disease, you always have it, unfortunately. It's just, it can kind of go into remission or you can keep it in check by going to your dental appointments. And each dental appointment should be pretty easy because you're going more often. And I'll even recommend sometimes patients come in, even if they're technically like not a gum disease patient, but they're not necessarily the healthiest patient either, or they get a lot of bacteria and staining on their teeth, I'll recommend that they come in an extra cleaning a year. So they come in three times a year. Uh, We don't have to do the whole, you know, doctor exam or anything. So they're just coming in for the cleaning and their mouths are in tip top shape and they really appreciate that. And, you know, I have my dental nerds listening or the dental enthusiasts that are like, yes, tell me more about this dental information. I love my teeth. I love flossing and I love you back. Uh, (laughs) Flossing loves you back. So I hope you get something out of this, but you can go in for an extra cleaning. You might have to pay out of pocket for it, but you can definitely go in for an extra cleaning a year. It's not a big deal. In fact, it's great. It's encouraged. Um, your dental health is super, super important. So I hope that helps explain a little bit between like a healthy cleaning, which is normally covered by your insurance at 100%, and a non-healthy uh, gum disease state where you're going to need a further cleaning called a deep cleaning. So talk to your dental provider, see what's in your best interest to do and go by their recommendations and then ask questions. If you're not fully understanding it, they should be able to break it down for you. Cost-wise, you should know exactly how much it's going to cost you a year to have to deal with these these extra cleanings, um, how much your insurance is going to help, and you know what you should be doing at home. And we'll be talking about that too. Like the home care aspect is very, very important in your dental health. So with that being said, let me just skim the surface of insurance for a second because insurance, dental insurance specifically, can be extremely confusing because a lot of people think it operates the same way as medical insurance and that couldn't be farther from the truth. Meaning there's a lot of procedures that aren't typically just covered by your insurance. Dental insurance operates in a way where it like helps you pay for procedures. It doesn't always pay for procedures 
100%. And unfortunately, the dental insurance system is extremely outdated. And a lot of dentists are steering away from accepting insurance anymore because the reimbursement rate is just trash. And it's very, very low. And insurance companies are very, very cheap. And they just want to put all the patient responsibility on the patient, unfortunately, or have the patient pay for majority of it. And that can be really frustrating in this day and age when, you know, you're paying monthly for this coverage that you think is going to cover you and do well, where it may just make sense to just pay out of pocket at the end of the year um, or, you know, as needed, that sort of thing. So there's different kinds of insurance. There is something called a PPO, which is kind of like the cream of the crop, if you will, or PPO premium. This typically has a higher percentage rate of covering procedures. They usually cover 100% your preventative. So like your cleanings, your healthy cleanings, not your non-healthy cleanings, like a deep cleaning, they'll usually pay a portion of it. But every plan is different, okay? Every plan is different. And PPO, you can tip, you want to see your in-network providers, but PPO also lets you see out-of-network providers. You just may end up paying a little bit more or they only cover, you know, maybe 60% of an out-of-network provider. So, when you go to the dentist and you ask them, say it's a new dentist, and you ask them, are you, do you take my insurance? They're going to always 100% say yes. They'll take any insurance. Whether you get reimbursed or they reimburse is a whole other story. So the question you want to be asking is, are you in network with my insurance? Different question. I know, it's confusing. Are you in network or are, are you out of network? You can also contact your insurance company and ask them to look up a particular dental office and they should be able to help you and let you know if they're in network or out of network. Sometimes you're only in network with a particular doctor that's inside the practice and not another doctor. So you also need to clarify that too. And I hate to break it to you, but you have to take this responsibility on yourself because a lot of times the dental offices aren't going to tell you. You'll get a rock star front desk or office manager sometimes who will be super transparent and they should be doing their job to this caliber. But at the end of the day, that front desk girl doesn't know what's going on. She just knows how to book appointments and you know, maybe she knows a little bit more. Um, and we and I worked in an office where like we had a very, very knowledgeable front desk people. But like the, <laughs> the reality of it is the average dentist office doesn't communicate as much information as they should to the patient. So you need to be the smart one to ask the right questions. So that's why I'm here for you so that you can feel empowered at your next visit. Okay. So with that being said, PPO insurance, it's usually, you know, you work a really great job. They offer PPO. Um, you look at your benefits. You look at your benefit breakdown. Great. Then you have an insurance, a uh, different insurance called HMO. HMO is works a little bit different where you only can see the people that are in the HMO network. And if you see anybody outside of it, you're not covered at all. So you want to be very, very careful with who you choose to seek care with. Now, the issue is, is like if you don't like a certain provider or you don't like a certain place, like you're kind of stuck. Like you either have to really go find another place or you're just stuck seeing this doctor, unfortunately, because that's the only doctor that is in network with your insurance. Um, so I would pay attention to what kind of insurance you have. The next type of insurance is Medicaid, which a lot of us are familiar with. I know a lot of actors can be on Medicaid. I was even on Medicaid at one point in my career because I qualified for it. And no shame, Medicaid actually covers a lot. It covers a lot of um, procedures. However, the quality is a whole other story. 
I have worked in Medicaid offices myself, and unfortunately, the reimbursement rate for Medicaid, which is the state insurance, doesn't reimburse like barely anything. So if the office really isn't making that much money, they have to see a higher volume of patients to kind of make up for it. And when you see a higher volume of patients, unfortunately, that's less time for you to get the quality care that you need. And usually quality of care goes down. And I just have seen a lot of like really questionable things done in Medicaid offices. So not to say that like all of them are like that. I would just, you know, really make sure you're going to one that you're comfortable with or, you know, there's no problem in going in for your preventative work or cleaning or anything like that. I just, if you had to do any like major um, work done, just really try to do your research on a, on the best dentist that you can that's in that network because, they're rushed, you know, they're rushed, unfortunately. And that's just kind of how it all works. That's socialized medicine for you or socialized dental. Then the last one, which I don't know if anyone has really considered, but I really think in this day and age, the way that insurance is working, the way that the healthcare, the direction of healthcare is going is self-paying. So that means that you're paying out of pocket for everything. You're not getting any help with your insurance. And I say help with your insurance because your insurance helps you. It's like kind of like a discount program if you think of it. Like don't think of it as covering things completely free. It's more of like, hey, you pay a premium every month, like a fixed number for your dental insurance, and then they'll offer you this discount (laughs) if you get any work done. I think that's the best way to put it. Self-pay is you're paying everything out of pocket 100%. However, if you're a a healthy person um, that has like a normal amount of cleanings every year, you know, you're going for your twice a year cleanings, you get your normal x-rays and your normal exam, you don't have a whole lot of cavities, um, self-pay may be a great option for you because you don't need a lot of dental work. So it may be advantageous for you to financially add it up and see what the out-of-pocket cost would be at the end of the day or at the end of the year and see if it's cheaper than adding up all the premium payments that you're paying. So I highly, highly, highly recommend just checking that out and maybe you don't have to deal with the dental insurance at all. Now, with that being said, a lot of offices are offering something that most actors don't know of, which are in-office membership plans. We can't call it an in-office insurance plan. There's a lot of legality problems with that, but an in-office membership plan. So basically what that means is if there are different levels of plan, but say you're a healthy patient, you want to come in for your two cleanings a year, your, I don't know, maybe your fluoride treatment, your x-rays, your exam, right? Your oral cancer screening. You can pay monthly on this plan, or you could pay a big, you know, one lump sum for the year, or you can break it down into bite-sized payments, which a lot of patients do, where they're still paying something every month, but they know that they're going to get their normal cleanings and everything at the end of the year. Also, these membership plans also offer like maybe a 10% discount or 20% discount on any fillings that might need to be done in your teeth or any other um, treatment that needs to be done. And I have to say, if you're a healthy patient, it may be way more financially advantageous for you to go that route. And everybody's happy. You know, dentist office love straight cash. And then you don't have to worry about wondering if your insurance is going to cover something or 
you, you know, are slapped with a bill that you weren't expecting or anything like that. So I just say ask your dental office if that seems like a good option for you to take a look at the in-office membership plans and see if it's more affordable and patients really like it. I also think it's a great way for actors to get the care they need at an affordable price. Okay. So with that being said, say you do need a cavity filled. Say you do have a cavity. What causes a cavity? I'm going to I'm going to break it down for you like real elementary level. A cavity is contagious. Yep, I said it. Cavities are contagious. I know, blowing your mind right now. Let me get into it as to why. Cavities are formed because of bacteria that are in your mouth. A cavity is the result of something that happens with bacteria in your mouth. So there are lots of different types of bacteria you can have in your mouth. You can have cavity-causing bacteria, or you can have gum disease-causing bacteria. Sometimes you get this from other family members by sharing spoons and cups and all of that. Sometimes you just develop it on your own from other outsources. Um, The gum disease one is a little bit more opportunistic when that comes about because you're really like not taking care of your mouth the way that you should be. So you got to stay on that sort of bacteria. The cavity one, we're naturally born without any of the cavity forming bacteria. So at some point we got it through kissing. We got it through sharing those cups and spoons. Like I said, there is some way that we got this cavity forming bacteria in our mouth. Now, when you combine the bacteria that's naturally occurring in your mouth with its food source, sugar, and its simple sugars. They love candy. They love acidic environments. They love, you know, the potato chips, like all that kind of junk food stuff all breaks down into the sugar that the bacteria love to feast off of. So what happens is if you're not brushing your teeth, say you're only brushing in the morning, not brushing at night, and you eat like a bag full of red Doritos, and you go to sleep, your saliva is converting it into sugar. And then the bacteria is like, whoa, party in my mouth right here. And they start multiplying and eating off of all of the sugar. When they eat that sugar, they produce a waste, like humans produce a waste, except their waste is acid. So you got bacteria doo-doo in your mouth now. All right. That acid starts to affect your hard enamel, that hard part on the outer surface of your teeth. And it starts attacking, the acid starts breaking down that enamel. And after time, it starts to form this hole or this like weak spot in your tooth, which is the cavity. So the cavity weak spots themselves aren't contagious, but the bacteria that causes the cavity is. I hope that makes sense. So with that being said, if you've had a cavity in your mouth for four years, No bueno. You got to get that treated ASAP. It is not going to get better. It is only going to get worse. I'm going to say that again. It is not going to get better. I don't care what sort of home remedy you're doing. It's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. You really need to go and get that filled. You have to drill out that bacteria and then you have to fill it with a, a synthetic filling that is approved. Obviously, that's like what we use nowadays, but we have to clean out that bacteria. We have to clean out the infection. Your tooth is infected when it has a cavity. I hope that's clear. Cavities are super common, so don't feel bad, okay? Especially if you're more susceptible to them. Now, I'll get a lot of patients that are like, oh, my dad had really bad teeth. Oh, my mom had really bad teeth. They had really soft teeth. It's only it's only a, a small, 
small factor in the overall scheme of like why you have bad teeth. Do not blame your parents. The only thing you can blame them for is like not teaching you how to brush your teeth. That is totally fair. But from the genetic side of things, not a super strong argument, unfortunately, because a lot of this stuff is preventative and a lot of this is from not taking care of your teeth the way that it should be. Now, that shouldn't make you feel bad. I do not agree with dental professionals making patients feel like absolute trash for their dental health. I think it's all about education at the end of the day and giving you the powerful knowledge and tools to make it better and that you can go forward and take better care of your teeth. Listen to your dental hygienist. Listen to your dentist. We do know what we're talking about and we want what's best for you. So it may take a lot of extra habits and like relearning on how to take care of our teeth, but I'm hoping you'll take something away today that maybe you can implement in your routine at home. So with that being said, cavities are contagious. It's the bacteria that causes the cavities that are contagious. So if you're not getting your teeth fixed, think about also the other people you may be affecting if you're not treating your cavities. So this is like an accountability thing also. And this is also a health thing. Like you need to take care of yourself, but also to help take care of the rest of your family and anybody else you could be exchanging saliva with. Okay. Um, you should have seen me. I used to give this lecture to um, middle schoolers. Obviously, I wasn't as graphic, but I did say cavities are contagious. And I did say, be careful who you make out with. Because so, those little kids, they want to make out with everybody. Um, even high schoolers, you know, disgusting. But they need to know this stuff because they could be going years down the road and being like, I wish I knew this. All right. So I'm giving you this gift of information. You're welcome. Not here to scare you, just to inform you. All right. Moving on. If you need a filling because of your cavity, one thing that patients don't know is that you have roughly five surfaces, the basic five surfaces of your teeth. And we have a whole dental system that codes this. If your cavity is more than one surface, say it affects two surfaces of your teeth, it's going to be more expensive. The more surfaces that are affected, the more surfaces that the doctor has to repair, the more expensive it's going to be. And that's just something that I think patients don't realize. So that's just something to know. We bill it to the insurance. Uh, We tell them which services are affected. And the insurance does reimburse at whatever rate is contracted with them. But just so you know, you may have to pay a little bit more if it's a bigger cavity that you have to fill. Okay. All right. With that being said, you're like, okay, Miranda, you freaked me out. Now I really, okay, I'm going to go to the dentist. I'm going to go. I'm going to make the appointment. Now, what can I do at home? I'm going to start with flossing. Yes, your favorite thing in the whole world, flossing. Now, I've got floss enthusiasts, and then most of the people hate it. I get it. And I'm going to give you some alternatives, and I'm also going to tell you why it's important to do. You're an adult now. You need to floss your teeth, okay? Get it together. So flossing only needs to be done once a day. Once a day. And For those nerds out there that really, really want to know the best time to floss, you should floss at night before brushing, Mm -hmm. before brushing. And the reason why you want to floss at night is think about it. You've been eating all day. You had popcorn at the movie theater from watching your beautiful self on the screen because you're this amazing actor. You got popcorn kernels in your teeth that just sit there, right? You need to floss those out because it's going to cause some gum irritation and some problems. So if you floss at nighttime, it's also beneficial because you never want to go to bed with a dirty mouth. So many times people are like, oh, I only brush once a day. I brush in the morning because I have really bad morning breath. 
at night is the best time to be brushing your teeth. You have to brush at night because you are sleeping with a dirty mouth for eight hours. Remember when we talked about like the bacteria having a party in your mouth? That's what's happening and it's multiplying and that's why you have nasty bad breath in the morning. Even if you brush the night before, you still are going to have some sort of bacteria in the morning, which is why we have morning breath. It's just how much more morning breath do you have um, from brushing, from not brushing your teeth or from brushing your teeth. So floss, you want to get that bacteria out from underneath the gums. So don't floss like sideways, like ee, ee, ee. you want to floss kind of this up and down vertical motion so that you're digging out the bacteria that's up and underneath the gums. Also, when you cleaned out everything from underneath the gums, it's the places that your toothbrush can't reach. You can then go in and brush your teeth and all of that toothpaste can get into those regions that would have normally been blocked by the bacteria. So you're getting a better clean. Now, if you floss after you brush, it's not the end of the world. I'm just, if you're asking me what is the better time and, you know, order to do things in, floss before you brush and floss at nighttime. If you're like, nope, it's part of my routine, I floss in the morning. Fine. Floss in the morning. Please just do something. Um, hand flossing is best because you can really manipulate the floss in the best way to get all of everything out. Floss picks, fine. Use them. I don't think they're the most amazing option because they're a little stiff and they don't really hug the tooth and get as much surface area. But I say, if you like them, don't stop what you're doing. Something is better than nothing. And then if you're like, there is just no way I'm getting floss in between my teeth, you do have the option of a water flosser. And I really think if you're somebody who's trying to treat their periodontal disease or gum disease, you should be flossing and then flushing it out with a water flosser. Double duty, baby. Water flossers are amazing. Get a cordless one. Put it in the shower for my New Yorkers. You don't have any counter space. Put it in the shower. It charges. It's kind of messy. It, but it, what it does is you hold it up to your gum line and it squirts out water and it gets underneath the gum line. Watch a YouTube video on this. Watch it from a dental professional, not some dumb influencer who doesn't know what they're doing because they're probably going to squirt themselves in the eye or show you the wrong way to use it. Or better yet, ask your dental hygienist. They're the best person to show you, honestly, how to use your water flosser. So I love them. I think they're great. I think they're a great option, especially for that stubborn person who just will not floss. Like this is a great option. Again, try to do it at nighttime for the same reasons just to keep your mouth really healthy and clean. If you want to go double duty, floss at night and then water floss in the morning, baby. Like you do you. I'm not going to knock it. Um, your gums will love you for it. They love that stimulation and they love being clean. You'll see an instant, instant difference in your gum health after about two weeks of consistent flossing and um, consistent water flossing use. So just keep at it, okay? Again, pink in the sink is not normal, meaning blood. The next is an electric toothbrush. Oh my goodness, if there is anything you take away from this conversation, please, for the love of God, go and get yourself an electric toothbrush. I don't care if you don't like the vibrations. Your gums need to go to the gym, which is what these electric toothbrushes do, and you need to work out and get them firmed up. Most likely, people don't like the electric toothbrushes because it's too sensitive on their gums because their gums are inflamed with gingivitis. If you use the electric toothbrush, your gingivitis will go down. It will not hurt so much. Same like going to the gym. It is not fun to go to the gym when you're super out of shape. But once you keep going, it starts to feel good. Your muscles and your body likes it. Okay, same concept. I really love the Sonicare toothbrush or the Sonic bristles. Oral-B is also an amazing brand. 
two very different technologies as far as how they clean. One has a round head. One has like a straight vibrating wave head. As a hygienist, I'm not getting paid anything extra to say anything. I'm just by honest to God truth. Like I love both, but you need to make sure you're using them both properly. So again, ask your hygienist how to properly use it. But get yourself an electric toothbrush. You don't have to spend a bajillion dollars on it. Um, you can get a really solid one for like 30, 40 bucks. You can also get the elite version, like the Mercedes Benz of electric toothbrushes for like $200. So like some of them link up to an app and tell you how good you did of a brushing job. Make sure it has a two minute timer on it. That's the biggest thing because we do not brush for two minutes typically. Two minutes is a long time. Usually most people brush for like 30 seconds and they're super lazy about it. You want to make sure you get all the quadrants of your mouth every single surface and the app actually helps you uh, see where you brushed or the places that you missed. So it's like a great tool if you think you're not like the greatest at that. But I love electric toothbrushes. I personally have a discount code for a brand called Burst. I love Burst. I think they're really fun. You can pick out a really fun color of your electric toothbrush. You can get about uh, $40 off the toothbrush with this coupon. I will link it in the show notes. Uh, they also go through whitening and they have a water flosser on there, guys. So check them out. Uh, they do kick back like a tiny little something for me, but it's it's not much. I'm going to be honest with you. I just really like this brand because I have an advantage of getting a discount because I'm a hygienist. So your girl got you. But um, go ahead and check out the discount below so that you can get yourself some really awesome products to keep your mouth in tip top shape. So if there's anything else you take away, get a freaking electric toothbrush. I swear to God, they're worth their weight in gold. Your gums are going to thank you for it. Your hygienist is going to be like, what are you doing? This looks great. The staining will be less on your teeth too because the, the bristles, they just work better than a manual toothbrush. And you have less of a chance of damaging your gums because you're not going to brush as hard because you're letting the toothbrush do the work for you. It's not made to ruin your gums. You ruin your gums by your hard brushing typically. And you get something called recession, which is like gums pulling away from the root surface of the teeth, which which is not fun and can cause a lot of sensitivity. But that's for another conversation on another day. Woo, I'm getting excited. Okay, next, mouthwash. I get this question a lot. Should I be using it? Should I not? Mouthwash is a great alternative. Again, if you're flossing, then you electric toothbrush, then you mouthwash, you got a great, you got a great evening ahead of you. You were about to sleep, your face is washed, you did your 12-step skincare program, now you got your, you know, three-step dental program, you're, you're good to go, okay? You're an amazing 30-year-old actor ready to rock and roll with good dental health. Mouthwashes, I would say stay away from the ones with alcohol. A lot of them have it, like, you know, the blue mouthwashes and things like that. I would just try to find one that's alcohol-free because it's very drying on your tissues. It's not necessary. You don't need alcohol in your mouth to clean and kill bacteria. Like, you can wash it away with, you know, other ingredients, if you're somebody who suffers from really, 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 really bad breath, I like a brand called Closys, C-L-O-S-Y-S. They have a main ingredient called chlorine dioxide that cuts through bad breath. Like, like I'm talking garlic and like heavy duty coffee breath. It's great. I It's very gentle also. And it's great for patients that actually have very sensitive mouths. Um, if you look, if you look, you can find it on Amazon. If you look for it, sometimes it'll say like 55 and older. Just just ignore it. <laughs> you don't need to be 55 to use this mouthwash. They just their market tends to be, you know, the older demographic, but I'm giving you the hookup that this is a great mouthwash. It's great for gingivitis, it's great for bad breath, and it's great for like little cuts in your mouth or like 
you know, canker sores or anything like that, that happens sometimes, it'll help heal up uh, the tissues faster. So I really love this mouthwash personally, and I've been using it for years with my patients. And you can get it pretty easily um, at the at the store. Okay, so that covers mouthwash. Now, Next is there is this whole like movement with like natural toothpaste. I see like brands coming out that have no business creating natural toothpaste. Do not buy this toothpaste at your flea market or anything like that. Like you really do need a toothpaste that hopefully is FDA approved or ADA approved. Um, however, I understand that people want the more natural route. So they don't like fluoride. Fluoride, I'm going to tell you right now, whatever your stance is, does help prevent cavities. People find fluoride to be very controversial. That's up to you. Do your own research. We still recommend it in the dental world, okay, to help prevent cavities. I've seen it work wonders. However, if you really don't want the fluoride and you want to try something different, there is a toothpaste that has something called hydroxyapatite in it, and I can put it in the show notes too. You can buy it online. It's a fluoride alternative that's also supposed to help prevent cavities. It's more up and coming. You know, there's more research that's being done on it, but it is a newer type of toothpaste that's coming out. I've tried both. Both have seemed to work out so far. So I give you that as an alternative. Um, Xylitol gum is also a great addition to, you know, keeping your mouth cavity free. Xylitol is a type of sugar that bacteria actually can't break down. They can't eat it. So it helps keep your mouth moist, which is good. Your saliva is good. Um, but it also helps prevent, you know, that acid from forming inside your mouth. So just be cautious. Um, you know, if you don't have water to wash your mouth out and like balance the pH in your mouth, then you can pop some xylitol gum. So you just look on the ingredients for that. Um, another thing that's popping into my head as to why it's good to brush your teeth at night is that you also produce less saliva when you are sleeping. Saliva helps naturally cleanse your mouth and help prevent cavities But when you produce less saliva, more bacteria have the chance to grow because you're not moving your mouth around and you're not, you know, producing the saliva. So you really want to try to keep that bacterial count down. Um, And that's also why you wake up with like dry mouth because you don't have as much saliva. So I hope that helps answer that question. Okay, we're almost done. We're going to talk about whitening and then we're going to talk about braces slash Invisalign. Whitening. I get this question more than anything else. Yes, it's important cosmetically, but I'm saving it for the end. And I hope you're still listening because it's not as important as like going to the dentist every year. I wanted to get that information out to you um, because whitening really is a cosmetic procedure. And there's some options. You can buy it over the counter. I'm sure you've seen your Crest White Strips and like all these other products. Or you can do it at your dentist in office. I personally feel like either option works. The stuff that you buy over the counter is going to be a weaker percentage. They only can sell a certain percentage of whitening, which is typically hydrogen peroxide. That's the whitening agent. Um, carbamide peroxide is also another agent that helps with whitening. Um, but they, it's going to be a weaker substance. So which, what that means is it's just going to take you longer to get the whitening result that you want versus if you go and buy whitening gel or do a whitening treatment in the office, it can be as high as like 35%. So say, for example, the limit, I think is somewhere around like 6% legally um, over the counter, but like an in-office treatment could be 35%. So it's a huge difference in whitening power. Now, I'm the type of person who like wants to be one and done. 
I like to do like maybe one or two treatments at like a higher percentage and then I'm good. However, so many people experience sensitivity. It is the number one side effect. And I'm going to tell you something, it's going to happen and it's normal. People are like, oh my God, my teeth are so sensitive. Yes, they're going to be sensitive, but it's temporary. Beauty's pain, right? So the sensitivity comes from the, in layman's terms, the bleach is actually opening up the pores in your teeth. Your teeth are very porous. They're opening up the pores of your teeth. It exposes your nerve endings a little bit more to the elements, which make it more sensitive. After 24 to 48 hours, your pores in your teeth, since you're not whitening anymore, begin to close up and then you're not as sensitive anymore. It sometimes takes a couple days to do this, especially if you're doing whitening treatments back to back to back to back, like every single day at 30 minutes to an hour a piece, right? So a good solution with that is to go with the weaker option, like use a whitening agent. If you are someone who's really sensitive, Use a whitening agent that is weaker, but it's just going to take you probably two weeks to get the result that you want versus like three days with the stronger one. Um, In-office whitening treatments, so sensitive. I, I feel like every time I did these treatments with patients, I mean, they were happy, but they were not comfortable. So you don't need to be in a rush. You can do this at home if you're a responsible adult, but also if you just want somebody else to do it fine. You can do it at the in-office. You're just going to pay a pretty penny for it because you're going to be there for at least an hour and a half. And that's a lot of chair time um, to be taken up. So like the dentist is going to charge you for it. And insurance does not cover whitening. This is all out of pocket. Okay. So there are other methods to help combat the sensitivity. You can use like a sensitivity toothpaste. Also, I think the best route to go is like I said, use a weaker version of the whitening do it for however long. If you're still sensitive, skip a few days in between. You know, say Monday you whiten, skip Tuesday, Wednesday you whiten again, skip Thursday, Friday again. It's going to take you longer, but it'll be more comfortable. Also, when your pores are open, you should not be drinking any dark liquids. Anything that would stain like a light shirt will stain your teeth. So your red wine, your coffee, those sort of things. Smoking. Do not smoke when you're trying to whiten. My goodness, you're just going to combat every single thing you tried to take out. Uh, all those stains, like you're just going to put them right back in. And your teeth are more susceptible to be more stained because the pores are open. You're trying to suck out all the stain, not put it back in there. So you're going to have to lay off some things for a couple of days. Again, beauty is pain. We do lots of things in the name of vanity. So just listen to your hygienist, whatever their instructions are as far as whitening goes. Um, typically a good rule of thumb is that your teeth are never going to be whiter than the whites of your eyes. So if you're someone who has like darker whites of their eyes, like your teeth are probably only going to get so white. It's just a genetic thing. We can also bleach internally. If you have some sort of staining that happened inside your teeth, that's a different procedure, but it's possible. Um, also whitening is only going to work for natural teeth. So if you have fillings on the fronts of your teeth, they are not going to change color. So something that you may want to be you know, careful of is whitening too fast, too quickly, or too much too quickly so that the colors match up. Because if you white and white and white, but your filling doesn't match how white your teeth turned out to be, you're going to see that discrepancy with your teeth. So I would go the more gradual route until you're happy with it and everything looks good. Hope that makes sense. Okay. Last but not least, braces or Invisalign. I recently had a friend who had a lot of questions. 
You know, they wanted to get some sort of braces done. They weren't happy with how crooked their lower teeth were. Super common. And there are lots of companies out there now that are advertising affordable ortho, orthodontic treatment, which is the braces. You probably have seen it because they're literally in your face everywhere. I know they were like in the subway systems. I'm not going to say their name to give them extra promotion. But as a hygienist, I have some problems with this company because I don't think that they're doing the best job uh, advocating for their patients. Um, There's not as much dental or dentist supervision behind the company and people have messed up their bites and their teeth dramatically because of this cheaper version. Think of it as like the Shein, you know, if anyone's bought from that website versus Ann Taylor. Okay. What's the quality like at Shein? You're probably going to get one, maybe two uses out of that shirt that you bought, but Ann Taylor definitely built to last a little bit longer, right? Don't mess with your teeth. This is your health. Do not go the bargain version. And I say that just to simply be your best dental bestie with this. And like, I want what's best for you. It's time to go to an actual professional who can monitor you with many visits because it is not a cookie cutter process, although they make it seem that way. Now, general dentists can go and take a course in Invisalign or a similar brand and they can learn how to move teeth from the front side. They can learn how to move teeth from the back side, which if you're moving your teeth from the back, you're dealing with your bite. And that is very important not to mess that up. You could run into a lot of TMJ problems and you could also get the result that you don't want um, from not having this proper treatment and not being monitored correctly. So I'm always going to advocate for you to go to the professional. So you can go to a general dentist who knows what they're doing, or you can go to a specialist called the orthodontist who literally went to school for two more additional years. So they went to four years of dental school and then two more years of additional orthodontist school to learn about how to move teeth properly. So I would get evaluated by your general dentist, get their opinion on it. Sometimes they're like, yeah, your mouth is trash. You need to fix this, which I would not trust that because no one should be talking to you that way. But sometimes you feel that kind of way coming out of the dentist's office, especially if they're also pushing it significantly. I also don't like that. Invisalign is a really big moneymaker for dentists. However, you really want to find a dentist that has your best interest at hand. Like I always like the, the dentists that like fall in the in between where they're like, it's not medically necessary, but if it really bothers you, yeah, you could benefit from fixing these two or three teeth that are crooked. Um, you want to just see, you know, what their opinion is on it. And then I also encourage a second opinion for sure. Everybody's mouth is different. So even if like your friend went and used like the she inversion of, you know, braces and she had great results, that doesn't mean you're going to get great results. Your mouth is completely different than theirs. And, you know, I'm really glad they didn't mess up their mouth, but like you can mess up yours. So I think you should go and get some some different opinions. And then the orthodontist really is going to be the best person, the best expert and knowing exactly how to treat you um, and your particular case. Um, My husband 
for example, he's very open about it. Like he had braces when he was younger and then didn't wear his retainer because that at the time was not recommended to wear your retainer until the end of time uh, to keep your teeth straight. And his teeth moved and we had to do Invisalign all over again. But because he had such a complicated bite, I was like, no, 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 you're not going to no general dentist with some certificate program. Like you're going to go to the actual specialist. And it did take him longer to get the result that we needed. But guess what? It's healthy and it's good and he didn't mess up his bite and I'm just very grateful for that and he was a very good patient. It takes a lot of dedication to decide to do braces. So whether it's the metal bracket braces or, you know, the clear aligners, both take a lot of dedication and you have to take really good care of your teeth, meaning you have to brush and you have to floss because it is going to potentially cause, you know, extra buildup around your teeth. Now, with that also being said, the advantages of straightening your teeth are not just cosmetic, um, although we all love pretty white straight teeth. It's actually from a, a health standpoint, straighter teeth are easier to keep clean. So you'll get less buildup on your teeth if you're still doing a good job brushing and all that stuff. So from a, if you're struggling with, you know, deeper cleanings or having issues with that or a lot of buildup or a lot of staining, you're going to have less issues. It'll be minimized with straighter teeth because straighter teeth are easier to clean and easier to floss and all that jazz. So from a medical standpoint, that's really important. Also, from a long-term standpoint, you can save your teeth by, with some ortho. Like, you know, like if you're gonna keep them really healthy now that they're straight and everything, like you have less chances of gum disease, you know, as long as you're doing everything else that the dentist and the hygienist recommend. So I see it as a really good thing to do, not just from a cosmetic standpoint, but also from a medical standpoint. We can also fix bites that are not healthy, that are causing too much pressure, or maybe making your jaw pop or clench or grind. It, it usually doesn't cure grinding per se, but it can help reposition your teeth in a healthier spot so you're not putting as much force on areas that shouldn't be there. So there's a lot of reasons why the clear aligners or braces are really good. Go and talk to your specialist, see what they recommend. The braces tend to be more aggressive, like the metal braces tend to be more aggressive and you'll get a faster result. Um, most of the time that's not needed. Most of the time you can just do some gradual shifting. You do usually have to wear retainers on the top and the bottom. So you can't just be like, oh, I just want to fix my bottom teeth. Your teeth have to talk to each other. They have to move at the same time. And the computer algorithm that like spits out the whole treatment plan like needs you to wear both aligners top and bottom. So like one aligner is not really a thing. Um, I wouldn't recommend doing that. I'd recommend just trying to position everything in, in a healthy aligned space as much as possible because don't try to go the cheaper route with this. Like do what's right, do a good job. With that being said, a lot of general dentists do see aligner therapy as a moneymaker. So sometimes their prices tend to be a little bit higher than at the orthodontist. And I'll tell you why. It's a little dental secret. So for the major brand, like, for example, for Invisalign, as of my knowledge right now, right, everything can change. Invisalign has um, advantage programs for doctors. Like they have like a point system, if you will. So if you do more Invisalign cases, you actually get a cheaper lab fee. The lab fee is what it costs to actually make the devices, okay? So if your lab fee is lower, that should mean that the dentist office doesn't have to charge the patient as much money because it's not costing them as much money. Now, 
general dentists, there's some general dentists that do amazing with Invisalign or the aligner therapy. They like have so many patients that they come in. They're high ranking on the on that scale and they're pretty affordable prices. But my money is as if, you, if you know cost is a problem because it's going to run you a couple grand. I think the cheapest I've ever seen aligner therapy from like the higher brand version like Invisalign was probably 3500 bare minimum cheapest. I mean, you're in New York City that that shit's going to be at least seven grand and I've seen it even up to 10 grand. So depending on where you are in the country obviously matters. Talk to your dentist. It's expensive. You can get plans for it. You can get stuff called Lending Club or Care Credit to help you pay for your orthodontia. There are options that are interest-free like loans basically for healthcare loans and you have like a year to pay it off at zero interest. That works for some people and you just pay monthly. Um, lots of options. Ask your dentist because they, they obviously want you to do this um, and they'll work with you as much as they can. So with that being said, if you decide to go with an orthodontist, it may be a little bit more advantageous from a financial standpoint because that's all they do. They do a ton of aligner therapy. So if they're doing a ton of cases, that means they're pretty high on the point scale, which means their lab fee is a little bit lower, which means they might be able to give you a better deal. And I've recommended this to a few friends and that was the case. So I say go and shop around a little bit. Like just go and see, get people's philosophy on it. I think it's really good to see the specialist. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you just go to like the cream of the crop and it's a total win-win. You're like seeing the most knowledgeable doctor and then you also might be getting the best price. So I offer that to you as some dental wisdom knowledge. And I'm very surprised that I kept this under a whole hour. I'm very proud of myself because I'm very passionate about this if you didn't know. I hope you learned something and I hope you took something away so you can feel more empowered at your next appointment. If you have additional questions or there's more stuff that comes up, I am happy to help answer the questions. Again, very specific stuff. It's harder for me from just the medical standpoint thing, but like the more broader questions, please have it up. Come come here and, and ask those questions. But um, I want what's best for you. And I think as an actor, like you need to have good dental health for the longevity of things. And you want to look on camera, let's be real. So good luck to you out there and we'll see you next time.